didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, looking at every single episode of Stranger Things, starting with season one. Now we have made it all the way to season three. We are on chapter six, E Pluribus Unum. And Colin is here with your summary. The sixth chapter of Stranger Things 3, titled E Pluribus Unum, debuted on Netflix on July 4th, 2019. It was written by Curtis Gwynn and directed by Uta Brisewitz and has a runtime of 59 minutes and 52 seconds. We begin where we left off on the night of July 3rd, Wednesday, when the Scoops Troop realized things are end of the human race as we know it bad as they stare into the machine reopening the gate. Just then, the alarm goes off and the Russian troops storm in to get the kids. Steve and Robin sacrifice themselves to give Dustin and Erica time to escape. Over at the hospital, Nancy and Jonathan are running from Mind Flayer Jr. It oozes under the door and almost gets Nancy, but Elle arrives in time to toss it around a little before force chucking it through the window. It then slips into the sewers and meets up with its daddy, as Billy tells us it's time. The next morning, Thursday the 4th of July, preps are underway for the big Hawkins Fun Fair. Motorcycle helmet guy wants to chat with Mayor Klein, so they decide to hit the Gravitron together. He gives the mayor one day to find Hopper. Back at Murray's warehouse, Hopper shows up with the wrong flavor Slurpee for Alexi, so he refuses to talk. Hopper throws him out along with the keys to the car, knowing that Alexi isn't going to go anywhere. Sure enough, the Russian decides a strawberry Slurpee is just fine. As Steve and Robin are tortured and interrogated by the Russians, Dustin and Erica are heading out through the vents and discover the goo stockpile and a handy-dandy stun wand. Elle, meanwhile, is checking out the void while Max and Mike argue about keeping her best interests in mind. And oh yeah, Mike loves Elle. Alexi spills his guts and tells Hopper and Joyce about the key and the gate, prompting Hopper to call Dr. Owens' office on a secret line. Joyce, though, thinks a more forceful approach is necessary and calls back to stress the urgency of the situation. Left alone in the room, Robin and Steve share a little heart-to-heart before getting injected with truth serum. Eventually, Dustin and Erica storm in and take out the bad guys so the Scoops troop can escape. Back in the void, Elle learns about Billy's childhood days and discovers that the Mind Flayer is based at the Steelworks. Possessed Billy communicates with her and tells her that the end is nigh. Sure enough, half the town melts into goo and is absorbed into the Mind Flayer. The end of Chapter 6. Okay. There's a lot to get into, but before we do, let's do your homework. You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch-up homework. Okay. Okay. Be ready. Are you ready for your homework? I keep, I keep, I keep thinking I'm going to do okay, but I usually just bat about 50%, <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. Number one, what is Lucas's middle name? Lucas Charles Sinclair. Correct. It's a lovely it. name, actually. Lovely name. LCS. Yep. Initials, yeah. Okay. Number two. How long did Erica say it would take them to get back to rescue Steve and Robin? Oh, and this is kind of funny because I actually did the math um, to check this out. And it actually kind of checks out. It doesn't really make much sense logistically, but. I was, was confused on how it would. How, tell yeah, me your we, answer. We, we, we can go through it yeah. when we talk about it. It was 12 and a half days. Yes, yeah. correct. Which it didn't take them 12 and a half days to get there or six no, days. I know, but yeah, we can we can talk about that when we get to it. But yeah. Okay. Number three. 
what class did Robin and Steve have together? It was Mrs. Clickety Clack, and there's no explanation ever given to why she's Mrs. Clickety Clack. Do we have any idea? I, well, her name is Mrs. Click. Well, I think that was just, they were shortening Clickety Clack. Is it really? You think yeah, it no, I, I took it as her name was Mrs. Click. Yeah, it could be. And they, and they gave her the nickname Clickety Clack. Do you think I'm just stalling because... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. It was first period. And I want to say either English or history. Uh, it was, uh, I'll go, I'll go English, English, English. What period did you have? It was first period, right? Tuesdays first and Thursdays. Period. Period. Yeah. Sophomore history. History. I did not realize that Robin and, and Steve were in the same grade. I thought Robin was a year younger, but I thought so too, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, final question. What did Hopper bring back to Murray's from Burger King? A strawberry Slurpee. Yes, and that was not what he requested, by the way. Two Whoppers, large fries, extra ketchup. Yes. And, oh, uh, and the, oh, yeah, and the pack of cigarettes, which made me pause for a minute because he, he brought back Marlboro Reds, but I think those were for Alexi. Yes, because he had brought the he had bought the the carton of camels. Yeah, which you would think in a well, I guess he was Alexi was demanding it, but I was yes. going to say you would yeah. think that I'll just smoke a camel and get on with your life. Good lord! Right, we're in the middle of a crisis here. <laughs> uh, okay, so I actually have several things I want to talk about this episode. Okay, and I don't know if you want to do it segment by segment, and I'll just bring them up as we get to that section that. You know, well, start start with one and we'll use that as a launching off point. Okay. Like we said last week, which I feel like maybe we're beating a dead horse at this point, but still there's no way that Nancy would live. Like there's no way that she would be. No, Nancy wouldn't live. Jonathan's already dead from the last episode. And then Steve and Robin both die from severe concussions when they fall over on the floor strapped to the right? chairs. So everybody, I mean, dead. they could survive it. They could survive <laughs> that. But Nancy is literally thrown through the air. Yeah. You know, she doesn't yeah. crash through a wall like Billy did, but. Yeah, I think, I think they run, play a little fast and loose with. <laughs> Which actually, it brings me to another point that we can talk about in this same section. There is no way that they would be able to keep this whole shebang under wraps. Everybody in the town will have seen this giant. I mean, the lady at the nurse, uh, the lady at the hospital, she's yeah. just not going to wonder what the giant goo monster is. Yeah. Yeah. She's completely oblivious. I mean, I granted, I think they're. They're in like uh, an abandoned no, wing guess, of the hospital. Guess, well, yeah, because it was under construction and everything. Oh, P.S. Oh, P.S. I'll talk about this more in the little things, but the freaking bags of cement on the other side of the fire escape door going on into the stairwell. So Nancy can't open the door. Man. That's, that's a code violation right yeah. there. Yeah. Their DOJ would be very upset <laughs> about, they, they would not pass code. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I couldn't figure out why she is the only person in the hospital. There are no doctors. There are no <laughs> nurses. It's very, it's like we were talking about last week. It's very reminiscent of Halloween in the hospital. It's just abandoned and alone and, and just, you know, one person working. Yeah. It's creepy. And she's not alarmed at all that the lights are flickering. She's just right. like the yeah. other day at work yeah. in this creepy haunted hospital. Yeah. So that, that whole bit when it gets thrown out the window and goes down into the sewer, it's just, it's just really nasty with the, with the leg bones still sitting there, which is just 
Yeah, all kind, like, all kinds of gross. leg bones. You think those are like bruises or toms? Yeah, maybe? could be. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was actually, I was doing some research and I found some stuff. Craig Hennigan, who we've talked about many times before as the sound designer. And so there's a really good article about, because I was really curious what they did for the sounds of like the squelching sounds. The oh, there's a lot of squelching if you yeah. keep the captions on. So there's a really good article. He did a really good interview talking about how, I'll, I'll post a link to it, but um, the the basic thrust of it was it was somehow it, it had rained in Los Angeles. So he went out in his backyard in some rubber boots and was kind of marching through kind of mud puddles. And it was the sound when you, not when you step in, but when you pull your boot out. Oh yeah. It's like that sound. Yeah. Did you ever get um, gack gack? Maybe you might've been too old for it, but it was like a a slime oh the slimy stuff that came in like a, a plastic container and you could take the the lid off and then yeah. when you would reach in which is really gross yeah, and yeah. sounds perverse you had to like stick your fingers down in it and yeah. the sound it would make when you're pulling it out is like i remember i there was one when i was a kid and it was it came in a trash can like a little plastic trash can it was either green or orange or something but it was like a like slime, slime? Yeah. yes yeah i used to love how it smelled no yeah. weird. Oh I yeah, yeah. Specifically, no, totally. remember how it smelled, and it made your hands really soft. Yeah, it did actually. So let's let's jump ahead to Mike and Max and their little argument over L. I know that the majority of people watching side with Max in this, but I get kind of annoyed with her because Mike, he's not doing it to control her. He's literally looking out for her because clearly. It's not healthy for L to do this all the time and it causes her nose to bleed. Right. And yeah, Max no, just overlooks it. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think I think Max has kind of taken the, you know, what she thinks is the high road just a little bit too far. But I mean, I, I kind of get where she's coming from, but I also I, get I mean where, where at Mike a point, but from, like so. Nancy so wholeheartedly agrees and like backs her up. And I'm just I really am thinking. Does nobody else notice that this definitely puts a strain on L and maybe she's not aware of what her limits are because she's never had to test her powers. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how much Max knows about the stress that it puts on her. Cause she wasn't around in the first season when they did the bathtub, when they did the pool set up in the gym mm-hmm. um, and when she went through all that and she also she also wasn't there when they were at the quarry with the uh, you know she's our friend and she's crazy that scene. Yeah, I just think it's weird that you wouldn't notice. You wouldn't think a nosebleed is pretty serious. Maybe they're maybe maybe they're a little spoiled. It's kind of like yeah, she's got a nosebleed again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I that's how I take it. Yeah, um, I did get a kick out of the line when they were when they were in the void and they couldn't find Billy, and and Max said something along the lines of uh, Billy. Uh, wouldn't be staying in his room on the 4th yeah. of July, which is kind of funny because all of us were in our rooms on the 4th of July watching Stranger Things because it came out on the 4th of July. So it was like a little bit of meta humor there. We Not me, because I had been up. <laughs> I'd right. already finished it by the time yeah. the fireworks came around. Your, your day was all ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, so it actually did come out on Friday, the 4th of July, not the 3rd. In my head, it came out on the 3rd. It came out on the 4th. Yeah. So it was early morning on the 4th. Yeah. Gotcha. So then we get the whole, I really like the scenes and the way Uda shot these, the whole, all the beach stuff, 
kind of melding both the void and the beach stuff but i thought the beach stuff was really cool too with all the smoke and the fog and the red lights and the and the clouds and everything i thought it was i thought it was really well done it was kind of funny i remember at the time and i it took a while to look it up because it's not on her instagram anymore but at the time millie bobby brown posted a video of how they filmed you know the scene where she's kind of falling backwards mm-hmm. uh so she had posted on her instagram you know this is how we filmed me falling backwards and oh yeah i threw up after we filmed it um, why because it was yeah. just so stressful well that, and that's the thing I'll, I'll post a link to it because i did find it i think it was on somebody had it on their twitter feed so basically they kind of lifted her up off the ground and put her in one of those harnesses you know kind of the belt that goes around your mm-hmm. waist and you're on the wires so she's like spinning over backwards and backwards and backwards and doing all these backflips and stuff. And I'm throwing up like looking at it. But then you look at the finished product and there's nothing in there that is like her flipping around and everything. It's just basically her falling backwards. So they could have gotten the same shot, just having her kind of fall backwards off of onto, a, onto a mattress yeah. or something, you know, so yeah. it's, it's kind of funny, but I'll, I'll post a link to that too. It was, it was pretty cool. That's another thing I just need to talk about is Billy's mom and how terrible a person she is. Why is she a terrible person? Oh, because she left. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she, and who does, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I can't wrap my brain around that. I can't wrap my brain around me leaving my child with an abusive person. Like, it's like, and she, and he's begging her to come back, like, just to get him, and she won't do it. Yeah. I, I guess I made up some kind of backstory in my head as to why. <laughs> Maybe she went away to find a safe place and then was going to get him later or something. I don't know. It was kind of, I have no idea, but yeah, no, I agree. You're right. Um, I, and I it, it also that, makes me wonder what kind of person Max's mom is. And I know we've talked about this, but what kind of person marries and they seem fine, I guess. Yeah. I mean, obviously she gets a little nervous in season two when he slams Billy up against the the wall in his bedroom for not knowing where max is but yeah but she didn't she didn't look too shocked by it she i think no you know, no so it's just wait it, it's not necessary but i would like some backstory on <laughs> on max's mom and yep. just max's family in general because she's made a point to say before that like no we're not like we like she's pointed out that they don't live in like a very nice part of town and yeah but who knows what that means because again Mike's dad is making six figures. There you go. Right. So a little bit of trivia. I don't, I don't know if you knew this or not, but who played younger Max? Do you know who played little girl Max in the, in the flashbacks on the beach? No, I'm going to guess McKenna Grace because she's literally in everything. It's, uh, it's Sadie Sink's little sister, JC, JC Sink. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize she was an actress. Yeah. She's, uh, she's like eight years younger than Sadie, I think. Oh. Um, yeah. So she, I think she's got like three or four brothers and sisters, but so yeah, little JC Sink played little little Sadie How Sink. Cute. Yeah, isn't that neat? So so then we get back and then and I loved all the the whole scene with Elle and Billy and I love what they did with his voice and kind of made it echoey and so that was really crazy. I did have a little bone to pick though. Two things when they finally discover when she finally says it to the Brimborn Steelworks, so they all go running to the phone book. A, it's been abandoned for God knows how long, so why would it be in the phone book? And B, how do none of these kids know where the Brimborn Steelworks are? Wouldn't that be like a 
like a kid hangout like oh yeah up by the old old steelworks and don't go to the old it's steel definitely works. a place where kids teenagers go to have sex right you know or, sounds, or or at least you know where it is it you just know, sounds oh, yeah. debaucherous the old brimborn steelworks out on you know cherry oak drive or whatever yeah, yeah you know it's just it's just kind of weird that nobody knew where it was and they had to get it out of the phone book and you know in this scene again billy makes a he makes a comment that made me scratch my head you know as he's talking as the mind flayer to l he says we did this all we made this all for you for you so what what are they making for l what well, is making, the connection they're making the monster to come after and get rid of l is how i took it oh no see that's not how i took it i think the monster wants l on its side Ooh, well, that's- i think that that's just got interesting. <laughs> I think that that's part of the reason they want L and call me crazy. But I think Will has a touch of the shining, as Stephen King would say. Right. And I think that's why he was chosen by the Demogorgon. It's all going to come back into play. You, you oh, I'm, I'm my sure. Well, yeah, everybody's saying that Elle's going to die in season four and, and that she's going to go bad in season four and all this stuff. So, yeah, yeah, she's not she's not going to die in season four. I did like how, um, again, I mean, I just, I mean, I could, I could pick Dacre as my, you know, MVP for pretty mm-hmm. much every episode, just his performance. Cause he's at the same time that he's being so sinister and everything. He's also crying because, right? you know, cause inside he knows, you know, there's still some Billy left in there. So he knows what's going on. Yeah. So, it is I mean, sad. Oh, it was terrible. And then, and then it, it, we immediately go to the goo, which is just, ugh. oh my gosh, I hate how sweaty and grimy they all look yeah. like Heather's shirt. It's all dingy and where it's like got a wet spot where she's like sweating. Yeah. And, and, and then it becomes like all bloody and then everything just kind of melts. And, and she, again, yeah. half of the town, you know, zombie marches their way to, you know, Brimworks. What is it? Brimborn? Brim, Brimborn Steelworks. Yeah. Brimborn Steelworks. Yeah. And we're just going to pretend that the mall burnt down and that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they wrap this season up like spoiler alert a little bit but you know that's the that's the narrative they're telling everyone right yeah oh, that was nasty it's you saw mrs driscoll yeah and i also want to know what happens to their clothes Do they get sucked up in the mind flayer yeah i just don't even really want to think. let's talk about the scoops troop because <laughs> they had fun did uh, they though? Because Steve looked like he was <laughs> almost dead. Yeah, Steve was pretty close to dead. Yeah. So first of all, how do none of these doors in the Russian base have locks on them that Steve could lock to keep these people out? My guess is they were like fail secure. I mean, good lord, They're fail secure locks. You can't lock them. All right, lock nerd, lock door nerd. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, I did like Dustin's. Um, I won't forget you. Is there? Is there? Oh, I know. He's sweet. Okay, so Erica's math. Yes. She said they'd gone 0.3 miles in nine hours. And then it's, and she estimated it was 10 miles back. She also had like that, you know, there was an additional three hours in there, which I didn't worry about. So if you go 0.3 miles in nine hours, you would go 10 miles in 300 hours, which is 12.5 days. So the math works. But the issue is, why wouldn't it just take them the same amount of time to leave as it did when they were coming. The only thing I can think of is that they were having to take the air vents the whole way and they weren't going to be able to walk down the hallway, that long hallway. I don't know. I thought I thought she was adding in time it would take to go find help. 
now it was just it was just to get back to the elevator she was saying it was going to take 12.5 days yeah i i didn't get that either and i mean i am the opposite of a math nerd so i mean you could have asked me and i would have been like heck yeah or math right like i would have just agreed <laughs> yeah no i was just curious if it worked out and it does work out it just didn't really make much sense because i would think that they would just walk down the same hallway unless they were worried that you know the guards were coming after them or something i don't know yeah it has to be air vents then so my little pony that checks out too this was dustin was talking about rescue at midnight castle which came out in april of 1984 the whole thing with um Muchik and the and the centaurs and applejack and everything that was that was the actual plot of rescue at midnight castle which was it was a pilot that they were hoping was going to become a tv series but my little pony didn't actually become a tv series uh until it was two the years movie. later until two years later no it was like a 22 minute episode it was like a oh. it was just a 22 minute uh show it's actually I'll, I'll post a link to it you can watch it it's on youtube i was obsessed with my little pony as this could have been my moment like i, I don't know if you know how people got obsessed with the beanie babies in the sure. 90s that yep. was me with i mean i had i'm not exaggerating i had garbage bags filled <laughs> Full of my little ponies yes and i would set them all up and then i would get you know my brother's like Cobra Command Center out and like they would be on top of it and I would mix and match. It would drive him nuts. But I loved, loved, loved well, my then, then you can trip down memory lane too. I'll, I'll post a link so you can watch that episode. It's Rescue at Midnight I guarantee Castle. I'll remember it once I start watching because I watched it religiously. But I would have never thought My Little Pony was a nerd thing. I would have never thought that Dustin would have liked my little pony either but. i think that's more of a recent thing honestly like i believe it is now like it well, is you got more the whole amazing. brony you got the brony thing you that's know. just weird yes but, <laughs> but you know i i think that now it's more stereotypical quote unquote like you know nerds like not it's not like uncool to like it but it falls right. into that like nerd fandom type um i also i liked um Steve kind of realizing that it was all bullshit and you kind of see the light flicker that like, Oh, Nancy was right. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) It was all bullshit. So what do we think about Dustin now having a kill count? He's got a body count now because he has killed. I wasn't sure that guy was dead. He's dead. (laughs) Because he took a cattle prod to the chest. That was on the subreddit too. They're like, yeah, Dustin's got a body count now. (laughs) I see. I was just like, Oh, he stunned him. Yeah. No, it left a rather gaping kind of, well, I felt like there was a Fire simmering part yeah. of his of his apron. But I, I, we never see him again. So whatever know, that guy, but... that guy deserved it. Yeah, Dustin shouldn't <laughs> leave, lose any sleep at night over that guy. He was about to like, oh, when he put, he was about not not he wasn't going to chop Steve's finger off. He was going to split it in half. Well, I thought he was seemed... going to just pull the fingernail out. I thought he was going to, or pull maybe the that. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was like, I was yeah. like, is he going to just cut it, like yeah. split it in the middle? Yeah. Either way, not not great. So then we got all the stuff. Well, the one quick scene with the mayor and motorcycle helmet guy. I, I Did loved... you crack up that it said Mayor Klein's Fun Fest? Or yeah. Fun, yeah. What does he call yeah. it? Fun Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not Hawkins. Fun no, Fair. It's Mayor it's Klein's. Mayor Klein's. Yeah. I'm like, did well, he do this out of his own pocket? No. Yeah. No. It goes back to what he was saying with when he was with Hopper in his office and saying, "Everybody's the only thing everybody's going to remember is this great Fun Fair that they that I give them." So, which I mean, that is uh, that's kind of you know insulting to the people of Hawkins. Like they've never seen anything more exciting than a little small town carnival. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty cool. It looked pretty fun. <laughs> 
I also thought it was kind of strange that the mayor was like so brave around motorcycle helmet guy after just getting his butt kicked by Hopper. And this guy certainly looks a lot more threatening than Hopper. I think he's just overly confident in, yeah. in what he's, his abilities are. Yeah. And then the whole Gravitron thing I thought was cool. I've actually never been on a Gravitron. I think, I think I did once when I was young. Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not in favor of dizzy, dizzy rides. No, nope. I mean, they, that's like, I can handle like hills or I should say I used to be able to, I can't really handle any roller coasters anymore. Cause it messes with my like vertigo. I can't do any loops or circles or anything, or I will immediately throw up. Yeah, no, I mean, I was roller coasters all the time as a kid, but I can't remember the last time I rode on one. So, okay. Hopper and Joyce, um, arguably kind of the best part of the episode. I think um, we got all the stuff with the Whoppers and the Slurpee. I love um, Alexi's uh, seeming addiction to cartoons uh, between Woody Woodpecker and his request to watch Looney Tunes. Um, I thought those were great. The whole bit, with whether or not he was going to drive away, I thought was great because I really thought he was going to. <laughs> oh, I did too. Hopper was really wrong. No, he was really right. I thought that Hopper was really wrong. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he turned out to be right, obviously. And of course, when Alexei was talking about how breaking into this impenetrable fortress with all the Russian guards is impossible, of course, we're going to cut immediately to a scene with Dustin and Erica <laughs> breaking, breaking out, in, which I thought was good. To- yeah. And then the Philadelphia Public Library bit, which I thought was cool with the antique chariot. And we get the callback to Dr. Owens mm-hmm. and how I, I, it was it was kind of funny, their reactions to it. And I, I just get the sense that Hopper's like, yep, it's another day with the stupid shadow monster and it's coming back. And, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it kind of thing. You know, it's just kind yeah. of, it was he's just a little just, bit of, you know, he's just conditioned. This is kind of how life is now. Yeah, I'm surprised more people aren't. But I guess like Joyce, it just kind of shows off her you know motherly nature where she's like our kids are in charge which i did did you catch that i thought it was sweet that she referred to them which obviously l is our kids oh yeah our kids yeah yeah i thought that was cool uh and then murray's uh phone number and you know this whole thing with murray's phone you can call murray's phone number did you know what else goes in with murray's phone number and how people i can't remember if we talked about this i can't imagine that i did not text you immediately when all of this happened you can, if you look up the coordinates of Murray's phone number, it is, uh, I don't know how you say it, Kamchatka? Oh, Kam- Kamchatka, Russia? Yes, yeah. Russia. Those yeah. are the coordinates. So that is, will come into play. Yes. But yeah, the, I actually called the phone number a couple of days ago. Oh, I did works, too. So yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'll, I'll post a link so people don't have to call it, but there's uh, all kinds of YouTube videos that people recorded it. So I'll post a link so you can hear it's it. It's the one where he says, if this is Joyce, yeah. like, okay, yeah. 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 And then Joyce with her whole wheelbarrow thing, which I thought was, which was really funny too. This is his partner, <laughs> wheelbarrow? Wheelbarrow. <laughs> she gets the wheelbarrow from the antique chariot, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Okay, anything else for the episode, or do you want to kind of leap into some segments and stuff here? No, let's do segments. We should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something. I only have one movie this week. Uh, you'll have like 72, but just pick your top three. Okay, so I had the Fat Rambo line. So he talks about Rambo, and then also the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with Robin and Steve back to back with their chairs, like Indy and his dad were. Mm-hmm. I also got a little bit of a Jurassic Park vibe from the uh, from the cage that Erica finds, and then also the wand 
the kind of the stone mm-hmm. wand that she had because they kind of had those and then i had kind of two tv references um both are you know not really but you know i'll kind of throw them out there one was i loved the show chuck that was on nbc oh yeah uh, and he had an episode called Chuck versus the Gravitron, where they actually there was a scene very similar, you know, it was inside the Gravitron and the bad guy comes in the Gravitron and it, and it starts. And then Chuck and the bad guy are kind of crawling along the side of the mm-hmm. Gravitron, which is kind of cool. And then the bit where Mike said he loved Elle kind of in passing when he was kind of like rattling off a bunch of other stuff and says, oh, I love her just because I had just binge watched Friends. Do you remember the episode where everybody else knew about? monica and chandler and phoebe tried to seduce chandler to get him to admit that he was with monica i have a deep hatred for friends so (laughs) anyway that was an episode and in the middle of it he's like i I can't sleep with you phoebe because i'm in love with monica so it was just kind of so that's how they found out you know that's how monica found out that chandler loved her so it was just kind of the same kind of thing it's not a ripoff it's not a reference or anything it just reminded me of it so Okay, any any movies on your end? I had The Goonies, just the one scene where they're torturing Steve and he keeps telling them, he's like, you can get free ice cream for life. I don't know what they have in Russia. Oh, right. yeah. Gelato. Right. And then they start laughing and he's like, he looks at his cohort and is like, I like this kid. And it yeah. reminds me of the Fratellis when they're oh, about to put the, the hand chunks, in the yeah, or yeah. Chunk's hand in the blender. Yeah. All right. So that's, oh, we didn't do a Colin moment. Last week, I kind of did 7-Eleven as a Colin moment because I was saving Slurpee for this week. Because So Slurpees are my Colin moment this week. And I'll, uh, and I'll tell you, this is the part of Stranger Things where I started to hate Hopper. Because anybody who can sit there and say, it doesn't matter because all Slurpees taste the same. They're just sugar on ice. That person is dead to me. So... We this don't is, have Slurpees here. This is where this is where my love for Hopper just ended, just right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the we have I think we have slush puppies. Yeah, there's actually there's ices, there's slush puppies and all that kind Maybe of stuff. They are ices. I don't know. Yeah, we don't yeah. have actual but we also don't have seven elevens here. Right. Yeah, it's just a seven eleven thing, but oh I love, 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 love Slurpees. Really? Anytime I'm near a seven eleven, it could be the dead of winter. I'll get a I'll get a Slurpee. Do you have yeah. do you guys have Dairy Queens? Do you ever go get the the like Mr. a blizzard? No. They have something that's like a Slurpee. It's uh oh, I forgot no, what I it's know. called. You can get like a cherry one, they're delicious. I always get lime. It's like a it's like a freezy, a Mr. Freezy. No, Mr. Yeah. Freeze is the guy from Batman. <laughs> the Freezy, I don't know. There is yeah. something. I've heard of Icy's and I've heard of slush puppies, but none of them compare to a Slurpee. And I will, I will quote Alexi, who said, tell that stupid man, it's not the same in the slightest. And I would like the cherry I requested because cherry is the best Slurpee. Lime is really the best Slurpee, but you can never yes, find lime. You can never find lime. Lime um, is the best flavor of any sort of right. like But cherry is cherry. And cola is okay. And sometimes you can put the cola with the cherry and then you get the cherry cola. Slurpee, That's which disgusting. Is, which is also good. But a lot of the Slurpees these days, kids... Are like these Mountain Dew weird. Yeah, what is that? And, and Minute Maid grape lemonade cherry blast no, crap. No, like, you no. go with the original. You go with red, orange, green, and I feel like blue raspberry was a new addition yeah, in the nineties. And 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 cola. Those were those were Slurpees. Yeah. So, so that's my Colin moment. My little my little love fest for Slurpee and and my tirade against Hopper because he's just wrong. I have a Slurpee moment. It's not an actual Slurpee, but my cousin, little cousin. I just drank a very large one and we were in the backseat of the station wagon 
and she got car sick. She was like three. I was five. My brother was 11. We just got just covered in grape slurry. Nasty. It does not smell delightful. No, it does not. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Oh, that's the other thing that actually kind of reminded me. I didn't know if you were going there or not, but to this day, I don't call it a brain freeze. I call it a slurpy headache. If I'm, oh. if you, if you have like like really cold ice cream or uh-huh. something like that, yeah. you, just, you get a slurpy headache. You don't, you don't get brain freeze. Everybody you know the, you, you know how to get rid of it though, right? Yeah, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth or your thumb. Yeah. So yeah, slurpy headache. All right. Yeah. Cool. Okay, let's do. Uh, I got kind of a fun. Where in the world is? Okay, so I'm going to quiz you on this one just because it, it was just kind of an interesting little thing. So all the scenes on the beach clearly were not shot in and around Atlanta because there's no beach in and around Atlanta. Where were all the beach scenes filmed? Did they take a trip to California? They did. I think I knew that actually. Yeah, yeah they went to Malibu. And to yep. the best of my knowledge, and um, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, I think... This is the only moment in the entire run of the series so far that was not filmed in Georgia. I can't, huh. think, of, I can't think of another thing because they were also in the studio. You're right, because I, I don't, I think they've. I mean, even all the interior studio stuff, that was all filmed in a studio right outside of Atlanta. All the exteriors are all around Atlanta and in Georgia, you know, Gwinnett County and all up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the only thing in the entire series that was not filmed in Georgia and it was filmed on the beach in Malibu. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you're correct because I know that I wrote an article about the locations and the f- upcoming season is the one with the most locations where they're in like Lithuania right. and they're in New Mexico, yeah. which they're not even in California. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can think of would be like the opening shot of this season when they were out in the Russia wilderness and it was outside. And But I don't know if that was like some stock video that they kind of put in the back surely with a green screen or something or i don't know yeah so surely it had to be so the other thing and this was a the other location that was really kind of interesting and it, it might be a reach but i i think it might be okay when l was trying to figure out where all these people were and, the, and they just kind of panned across and that was a there was a church bulletin for senior bingo night with mrs Driscoll. Uh-huh. so it said it was happening at the saint francis church and to use the canal street entrance c-o-n-n-e-l-l and the minute I saw that, because there's a band called the Canals that was based in Raleigh, North Carolina. They were kind of, you know, yeah, it has, they were, were kind of half popular. If that's a thing, yeah. kind of in the late eighties and early nineties, we were, I mean, I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, so we were kind of close. So we had heard the canals and I remember listening to the canals in high school. So I think it's gotta be their name check in their favorite band from when they were growing up. You know, right surely. Now, I mean, yeah. So the canals. I would never say it was the canals. I would call them the Connells. It's the canals, but that's okay. So anyway, so there's the where is the world is for this week. So let's do. You got any little things? Uh, I do. Wait, did did you see something? Yeah. What did What did you see? I have two little things. Uh, just it, Hopper when he is, and I know you say this is when you hate Hopper, but this is the scene <laughs> where I'm like, I love Hopper even more. Uh, when he is just being so cocky about being right about mm-hmm. Alexi and he's got the keys oh, and yeah. he just, he flips them up in the air. I think the man cannot have keys in his hand without flipping them. He cannot. Cause he, he cause he, he flips the, the, the handcuff keys 
then he kind of does a reverse kind of flip and he's he got to keep himself keys. busy if he doesn't have a cigarette in his mouth he's got to be doing something <laughs> it's just really funny so, so um on that scene though I, I my little one of my little things was it looks like and i've watched it a hundred times the way alexi is driving is not going to go anywhere it looks like it's going into a rock and then next to a tree and into a field <laughs> I yeah. mean, there, there's no road there. I, don't know I, I think he was just tr- going to take off into that field and just get as far as he could with the Todd really, father. It's just really strange. I'm like, And I was trying to find like the filming location for it. But the only thing I can guess is because we did have the scene of Nancy and Jonathan pulling up last season. And then, you know, we actually had the shot of Hopper pulling in in this episode with the Whoppers and everything but they never show what's behind them. So there must be like some kind of very modern building across the street or something, and they can't shoot that direction. So they kind of had to shoot, they had to kind of face it or something. So it was just kind of interesting. I also noticed that the Stolish Naya is back to being Stolish Naya and not Slottish Naya. I looked and I couldn't remember which one it was before. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Slottish Naya, but now it is back to being Stolich Naya. Um, there was also in the background of that scene, a poster on the wall for the conspiracy stomp, which was a 1969 mm-hmm. concert to raise awareness and funds for the uh, Chicago seven, the trial of the Chicago seven, that movie that came out mm-hmm. last year or two years ago. Yeah. Um, then one little nitpicky thing. What is Dustin doing a carrying around a little screwdriver in his pocket? Fine. I mean, oh, I don't question anything I'll, I'll that Dustin that. does. But there is no way that's going to open all the things he opened. I mean, he opened the little the thing to get the keys for the cart out. You know, he's he's using like, maybe this it's a screwdriver to, I'm like, maybe it's one of those um, you know, like Swiss Army knives where it has more than just a screwdriver in it. Okay, sure. <laughs> all right, my other listen, my other little thing is steve and robin and steve's face when the guy comes back in to torture him some more and he's he, he it just i just love how much hope he has in hopper yeah he's like hopper's coming the calvary's coming blah 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 and then he just and then the alarms go off and his face he just oh, yeah. does this little like he sticks his tongue in his cheek and yep. it's just exactly. like told you see told you <laughs> mm-hmm. it was perfect um, and then one last little thing, which I think is kind of a neat little detail that I had. It's for my last little thing. So we talked about the cement bags that were blocking the stairway when Nancy was yeah. trying to get out. And the cement bags say Mills Price cement on them. And I'm like, let's just look. Let's just for the heck of it look. So sure enough, two of the set decoration buyers credited for this episode are Kelly Mills and Kara Price. So Kelly Mills and Kara Price. I love that they do that, though. Came up. And, and they made these, they had to make these bags of cement. So they put their own names on the bags of cement. So we have Mills Price cement, which I thought was kind of I amazing. love it. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk some music. So first song is Stand Up and Meet Your Brother by Possum River. This is the song that kind of opens the episode once we get past the credits. So it's the it's the fair coming to town kind of thing. Came out in 1971. This is one of those bands that never kind of went anywhere, but they were, you know, kind of along the lines of like, you know, the early 70s kind of pseudo rock bands. The next song, well, the next three songs really are from Midnight Run. Remember last episode, they used some of the Danny Elfman music from Midnight Run. Mm-hmm. So there's three in this one. Uh, Package Deal which is a new one, and then Stairway Chase, which was the one they used last week, and then The Wild Ride. And again, these are by Danny Elfman from Midnight Run. So 
they're kind of still pulling the whole kind of bounty hunter midnight run music and it's actually a pretty decent is that the one where there's where he's standing outside with with alexi in the car so these are these are the various these are all murray with hopper and alexi so one is when alexi's um getting ready to drive away um and then there's the wild ride was is when hopper picks him up and kind of throws him across the table the song that is playing when alexi drives away is neutron dance by corner sisters This came out in November of 1984, eventually reached all the way to number six on the charts because it was featured in Beverly Hills Cop, which came out in December of 1984. So that kind of gave that song its life. So Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters. The next song, uh, and this is the song that's playing when Steve and Robin are having their little heart to heart. It's a track called Sarah Breaks Down by John Harrison. And this is a track that was not released on the original Day of the Dead soundtrack. It's it's from Day of the Dead, but it was kind of an unreleased track. It was it was in the movie, but it wasn't on the soundtrack. So they're kind of pulling another you know movie soundtrack moment. So this is Sarah breaks down from Day, uh, Day of the Dead, which was the movie that they all went to see in the very first episode when they broke into the movie theater. The kids did. And then the last song is Satyagraha Act Two: Confrontation and Rescue, which is from Philip Glass's 1979 opera. And this is a song, obviously, that is playing during the whole end bit with, you know, the Mind Flayer and Billy and and the and the flashbacks to the California beach and everything. So that should do it for music, I think. Are you ready for some superlatives? Okay. before we get into ours, we actually have two uh, listener. I want to keep calling them reader. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I know. Listener submissions. So Yeah, I've got one. Um, it is from Charis McMurray, and I'm probably butchering your name, so I apologize. Maybe it's Charis. I don't know. Either way, we're excited you emailed us. For superlatives, they only gave one, and it was for Robin, the character, for bringing comedic relief to this episode and just generally being great. Robin is also totally fearless in this episode, spitting in the Russian space and making sure Steve is okay. She is just great, and I couldn't agree more. She is great. Yeah, Robin Buckley. She's amazing. Charis also sent in some little things, and their first one is at the very beginning of the episode when the Scoops troop is running away from the Russians, Dustin squeals and pushes them out of the way. He said it just made them laugh. It's like the, it's, two- the, it's the same thing he did. It's the same thing he keeps doing. Like we, I talked about it oh. last week with the uh, the shit, shit, and he's trying he to just, open the door. It's the same. He just the does this screen. this squeal and yeah. and and you know, it's great. Just yeah, runs past these people. Okay, number two is Will and Lucas's faces in the background when Mike says that he loves Eleven. They're just so funny and make me smile every time I see this episode. Lucas is smirking and Will is looking embarrassed, which it's spot on for how middle school boys would act when one of their best friends is confessing their love for a girl. And finally, we actually mentioned this a little bit earlier in the episode. In Murray's Kitchen is a poster that says conspiracy stomp on it oh, yeah, the, the, the poster yep yep and they thought that was very fitting and funny for murray to have in his grungy little kitchen which that is a perfect way to describe Murray's it is kitchen. grungy yeah <laughs> all right so i got i got the ones from our other listener not not our not that we only have two listeners <laughs> 
our one other listener. <laughs> our other listener. Uh, so Brendan Garcia. Awesome. All right, let's hear it. For MVP, he picked Millie and Daker. Um, when L gets too far into Billy's mind and the mind flayer kind of sees her and tells her he's going to kill her and basically everyone else. Um, so Brendan says that these two put on a wonderful performance that still creeps me out. So he had co-MVPs in Millie and Daker. His best line was when L said to Mike when they were having the great debate over whether, you know, mm. uh, you know, she's capable of doing this. So um, L turned to Mike and said, Mike, I need you to trust me. And Brendan says she was absolutely right to tell Mike this because he hasn't been too very trusting of L up to this point. So that was his best line. His uh, most stranger thing, which I think is all of our stranger things, was the brimborn, brimborn goo when everybody d- dissolves into goo. Uh, and then he threw in one more he called the funniest moment. And he um, pointed out Joyce's bit with the antique chariots partner. Will Barrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so those were Brendan's uh, superlatives. So thank you, Brendan, for emailing yours. And anybody yes. else wants to email, you may email yours for the next episode. We'd love to hear. Them. Yeah. What did you have for best line? Uh, for best line, I had when Murray is translating for Alexi. On smelly, прям как толстый Рэмбо. He says he likes your courage. You remind him of a <clears throat> fat Rambo. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I went with Dustin's um, My Little Pony spiel. Let's recall the pony's latest adventure, shall we? The evil centaur demon Tyrek turns Applejack into a dragon at Midnight Castle, and then Megan and the other ponies have to use Mutix magic to defeat his rainbow of darkness, saving them from a lifetime of enslavement. All the pink in the world can't disguise the irrefutable fact that centaurs and castles and dragons and magic are all standard nerd tropes. Ergo, My Little Pony is nerdy. Ergo, you, Erica, are a nerd. Because, I mean, A... I think he just delivered it perfectly. And B, there was a lot of information that I'm not sure. He um, knew his. Kate Matarazzo knew knew that much about My Little Pony, but he kind of spit it all out like exactly, he exactly knew what he was talking about. So I thought that was cool. Uh, Who did you, well, strangers, we might as well get out of the way. It's definitely the goop, everyone. But I also was a little bit creeped out by when it went into the sewer drain at the beginning and left the leg bone behind, which was kind of. That was also very strange. No, it's the goop and it haunts me yeah. because what are they going to say happened to Hawkins? I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, most spirited. I went with the carnival because it just had a lot of 80s rides that I remember from carnivals as a kid. Like, yeah, there, there were some good 80s vibes there. A lot of them. Yeah. Like, you guys have kick booty. What is that? It, it is very dangerous. There is no way that this would ever be allowed today. And I don't know if it was at regular small town carnivals or you know jessman county was just you know lucky but they are it's the swings you're in the like the swings that go around in the circle yeah. you're, up, you're up really high yep. but you also connect with your feet to the swings in front to the swing in front of you so there's pairs and then you go around in a circle and then all of a sudden like they're playing crazy music and then the dj would scream kick booty and everyone would kick their legs. Oh my God. To send the other person flying. Uh, no, but I vividly recall like going to Bush Gardens and stuff and them telling you, do not hold on to the person in front of you under any circumstances. It was, I, I was very little, so I don't remember exactly, but 
I'm pretty sure that it was set up as a place to put your legs. Oh my Lord. Right. (laughs) There's no, like they don't do it anymore. Obviously. I don't don't know how you're still alive. There are moments. I wonder how you're still alive. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Same. I never rode kick booty. I just remember. Yeah, no, my brother really, loved it. No, that's crazy. Uh, my most spirited, I went with the um, Philadelphia Public Library guy. I just love it. He just had a very eighties look. The clocks in the background, and and his was he glasses. smoking? I feel like he was smoking, wasn't he? Yeah, the clocks are all very eighties, and his glasses and his shirt and everything. He just looked, and the phones were all obviously very eighties. So it's just, it just kind of screamed eighties to me. So, okay, MVP. I know you're going to yell at me, but it's Steve. Well, at least it's not Robin. So we're we're it's progressing. Steve Harrington. <laughs> Steve oh, went, the Hair Harrington. I went with Joe Curie. I thought he just did a great performance. Uh, you know, to to get fake beat up and to deal with all the makeup and everything that's going on. And to, I just I, think he's a very good actor as well. Yeah, though. I mean, he's, I just he's think really he's good. Really good. Yeah, he did. He did a great job. So it was funny because I saw uh, Free Guy a couple. What a couple. Same. Months ago. Yeah, yeah, he was great. He was good in that too. Yeah, so. it was amazing. All right, uh, I think that does it. All right. That does it for this week. If you want to follow us on the socials, you can find us at Scoops Ahoy Pod on Twitter and Facebook. You can always email us, like we said, with your own superlatives at scoopsahoypod at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear more, leave us a review, especially on iTunes, because that helps us get in front of other potential listeners. So that about does it for this week. Next week, we will be discussing Chapter 7, The Bite. We're getting close to the end, which means we're getting close to my type of convos with the (laughs) theories. Theories. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.